This is the Biz News Podcast. One-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. The sun-baked streets of Bakersfield. Bodies in the nearby desert. A larger-than-life attorney pulling invisible strings that shape life in the growing town. These are some of the locations, characters, and events that Sarah Burns has woven into her first novel. One that might do for California's Central Valley what the late Raymond Chandler did for Los Angeles with his novels of the 1940s and 50s. This is not the first book for Ms. Burns, but it's sharply different from her nonfiction works, written as a real-life college professor and researcher in the field of gender and race relations. She joins us for this Biz News interview podcast to talk about her new book, writing, and a slightly disguised Bakersfield. Sarah, you're writing a novel about Bakersfield, of all things, or at least set there. Tell us why. Well, uh, the thought occurred to me after being what I called held hostage here for decades. I was brought to Bakersfield against my will. I was married to a man from Bakersfield. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the reason I ended up here. We, I married far too young, but that's another story. But he was a college graduate in engineering and had a job with Guy F. Atkinson in San Francisco. So we moved to San Francisco. Eventually we moved to British Columbia. And then his father was killed on one of his own projects. So we came back to Bakersfield so he could run the family company. And uh, then I, I settled in here and had my children and raised them here. and and looked for every opportunity once I was divorced from this man to escape, as I say, but uh, there were extenuating circumstances such as I was employed. I was teaching here and I met a new man and then I'm teaching down there and thinking I might move down there, but uh, everything just kind of conspired to keep me in Bakersfield and I decided it was for a purpose. I'd made a good life. I might not have chosen this town, but I got to know its peoples, a divergent, very, very diverse group of people in various neighborhoods and enjoyed their company at the, on the tennis courts and in the country clubs and in organizations that I joined. And I learned such inside stories. And it, it truly is. There's anyone who's lived here any length of time knows that it has borders and gossip and stories that go back to 1850, and families that go back to 1850, and the stories are Wild West stories, and the affairs are wild, and many of them extramarital. And what capped it all off was meeting the investigator who hid a lot of the crimes or uncovered the crimes in order to prosecute, but he was the leading criminal investigator in this town. And my current husband and I, he, he worked with him in the 80s and 90s. He knew this man very well. I won't give his name, but in my book, he's Lyndon Weathers, which is very close to his real name, and he becomes Lenny. But the stories about Lenny are authentic. They're very authentic, and they're, they are um, dramatic and erotic and uh, everything that is titillating about a a novel. So I knew I had to make him the central theme of my book. I just decided as an historian, I do a lot of research and writing. I've been published in scholarly journals and I've written other historic fiction. I decided this town has a wealth of dramatic stories. And 
Maybe that's why I'm still here. So I decided I had to fictionalize the name of the town, the founders of the town, and uh, then tell the real stories through fictional names. Well, Bakersfield, as as many of our uh, readers, listeners, and viewers will know, Bakersfield is certainly unique in so many ways, uh, but especially all of its uh, characters. In addition to the, uh, the prosecutor, what other characters did you find, Sarah, that you based your uh, book upon? Well, other attorneys, the criminal uh, attorney that he worked for, and he was well known around town. Probably if I said the name of the firm, you would recognize it. Uh, if you've spent any time here, they were advertising all the time. They were the leading firm, string of names. In my book, he is Norris Stein. And it was well known in Bakersfield that if you wanted to commit a crime and get away with it, go see Norris Stein. That's his fictional name. You'll need about $10,000 and he'll get you off. (laughs) And so that's, um, there were a lot of delicious stories along that line. It, It was just fun to follow those. And then to weave in the people that I've known, I've played on the tennis courts with, I've watched how affairs uh, and some of them pretty juicy, some of them pretty public, some of them like not so. So I gave them different names. Sometimes I put the characters in a different decade to protect them even more than just by uh, changing their name. But um, it was it was very easy to pick up all of the other social and political stories around the criminal activity and then Lenny's affairs. He, uh, he loved to visit the bordellos and Bakersfield's famous for its bordellos in the early history in, in, into the 50s, 60s, very well known, um, probably some still in existence today. So uh, is there a central uh, uh, theme uh, to this book that you can uh, reveal to our uh, audience? Well, the central theme is kind of like how the West was won. And the fact that it was on vigilante justice and that it's never really gone away. Vigilante justice in the West is still around. I've heard far too many stories of people that have disappeared and certain areas where the law enforcement people know they disappear. One attorney, uh, one friend of mine had to go into witness protection. She was down in the LA and Pasadena area for many years in witness protection because she was taken hostage by a rancher. Uh, and so though all of those stories lead to one thing, you really can get away with murder here. <laughs> and, I, and, that, and the that, man that, 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 took, that took her hostage, uh, he's well known. Steve and I met with a district attorney about my friend. You know, I wanted her records so somebody could tell her story in depth. And he handed them over to us and he told us, yeah, this man is so dangerous. I have a route that I jog every day, he said. And when I was going through this this uh, trial with Lonnie, oops, I said the name. Uh, I changed my route because I knew that if he passed me in his pickup, he'd knock me off and I'd end up in one of those canyons. There's some real deep, rigid canyons around here where people can disappear. So this district attorney knew that. Now, you are a a well-known researcher uh, in the fields of gender and race relations. Did any of that uh, get woven into your story? 
Certainly did, yes. The history of Cooksville, like the history of Bakersfield, mirrors what's going on in the United States. You know, California was founded in 1850. This town was founded in 1850. The Constitution really was written by white men for the benefit of white men. And this town was settled by a menagerie of um, ethnicities and nationalities, including a strong Chinese population, a strong Mestizo and Indian population, as well as Colonel Baker founded this. In my book, it was Captain Cook. <laughs> he fought in the Mexican War and he came to the gold fields and made his money and then he settled here. So there's similar, similar backgrounds, but uh, the diversity is not that well known. See, I grew up, was born in Kentucky on the Ohio River, Owensboro, Kentucky. Then we moved to Orange County when I was 12. And then I, like I said, San Francisco and British Columbia. Bakersfield is totally different than any town I had lived in before, especially in California. And the difference is, is if you know California from Los Angeles southward, it has turned into a constant city. I mean, there's, there's no gaps there. It's, it's settled all the way down. And that has happened from the 60s onward. But Bakersfield has a perimeter. It has its own peculiar and rich history and the people know one another and it's like a patent place. You know, the stories live on and they grow and uh, they're constantly being uncovered. My purpose is just to tell the American story through the Cooksville or Bakersfield experience. The country Western experience the Oki migration in the 1930s during the depression. And when the civil rights issues were arising in the 60s, they were reflected here in Bakersfield. The growth of the oil industry brought people from the South and all around the world. Occidental Petroleum brought people from everywhere. Shell oil brought Dutch people over. So this became a community, a very, very international community, but always here, always present were the stories of the Italian farmers who settled together and the names, they came over together and they are key names here in Bakersfield. Uh, Banducci, uh, Bertolucci, uh, uh, Frugati. I mean, there's just a long list of Italian landowners and farmers and their story in the background, along with the developing nation, the population here increased dramatically when the, oil companies grew in this valley and brought in people from all around the world. So Now, now some, it, some are uh, comparing your writing to that of Raymond Chandler, who uh, brought Los Angeles to the forefront in many readers' minds in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Right. Uh, would you go along with that? I would, because Linny and the real Leonard... I said it again. Lin Lyndon Weathers, Lenny, was a G-man for the IRS, you know, in post-World War II America, but especially here in the val Valley, we're recovering. The economy is recovering. And so a lot of big agricultural corporations were not exactly reporting their taxes correctly. So the IRS showed up for audits and he was there with his gun in his holster to make sure that everything went smoothly. Well, after that, he did so well, they took him to Vegas and, you know, he was there to investigate the skimming practices of the mob, got to know Bugsy Siegel on a personal basis. He had to blend in and be part of 
part of the story there. So the uh, idea of the film noir really comes through in Leonard's associate, Lenny's associations with the people, the founders of this town, with the mob in Vegas, and then coming back to this town. So it is like a film noir, and, and it, it was definitely a very erotic man who early on decided he did not want to marry and did not want to have children, so, <laughs> but he was uh, active. <laughs> how, how long did it uh, take you from your idea, I'd need to write this book, until you published it? It took many years because of my teaching responsibilities. Well, the core of it occurred to me back in 2012 after the real Lenny had passed away. And in my book, Lenny passes away in 2011. So I began working on it and I'd have to put it aside and I'd come back and I'd dust it off and fix it up and work on it again. But the real depth of it and most of the content came once COVID hit. At that point, I didn't have to drive to any campus. I was teaching 100% online for both schools. That's a lot of hours of saved time. So from 20, March of 2020 until the summer of 2021, I really hammered away at it. I was just living it. It was fun, you know, when you're restricted by COVID and you don't get out much, you pick up your food and bring it home or have things delivered. Well, it could be exciting then. My husband had retired from uh, the law. He had been a criminal law attorney, a family law attorney, and an administrative law judge with the prison system. So I could just turn around and say, hey, Steve, I think I'm right on this law or this legality. And I've been looking it up and he'd say yes. And he'd you know, give me my feedback. So the two of us stuck at home, I had, a, uh, I had someone to you know, consult with, an attorney to consult with as I wrote it. <laughs> so. Did, did you leave any characters alive at the end to make it into another book? Yes, definitely. Definitely, and I've already started it. Yes, yes, I've already started the next book. So I, I think this it's a town rich with drama. Uh, you know, what sells? People love to read crime, and they're not sure whether their heroes are the criminals or the law, right? <laughs> Quite often turns out that way. So I wanted to I really sketch them out in, in a lot of detail. And some of the, some of the people, especially some of the wives of attorneys and some of the people I played with on the tennis court, one person would be a composite of several persons. You know, I could, I could cover the bases that way and pretty much protect myself. Say it couldn't, be, it couldn't have been her because look at this detail and that detail. So uh, that, that, that might save, save you some grief uh, in the produce aisle of, the, of Safeway. But right. what, has been the, uh, what has been the reaction uh, to the book? Here in Bakersfield, it's been great. I, I, my friends, as I was telling them about it as I was wrapping it up, and I had a test audience that was friends of ours that live in um, Half Moon Bay, some of my friends over in Vegas and Reno. And I had a wide test audience, because, but especially the tennis community here that I spent a lot of time with. And here they were just eating it up. My girlfriend would call me and say, I can't put this down. This is so, this is so rich. And she told all of her retired teacher friends and they were ordering it. And then she and I met for lunch in the Southwest at a 
lovely Spanish restaurant out there. And a slew of tennis players came walking by and they purposely came that day because Carol and I were meeting and said, oh, I tried to look it up, but I can't find a book by Sarah Chloe Burns. And I said, no, no, this is a Western. So it's SC Burns. So they were there to ferret it out and um, they were talking about it at their table. And very, very strangely, one of them was the wife of a, a character that played a key role in my book. So I was, I said, is that who I think it is, Carol? She said, yeah. And I said, well, you know what? I wrote about that one. <laughs> so it is. It's too bad it's, we're letting, leaving names out on this, but it probably will keep our lawyers happy. Right. No, yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing. It's, it's appealing to anybody who loves that, that Raymond Chandler kind of genre. But a good friend of mine that just moved into the neighborhood this past year read it right away and she just ate it up. She moved here from San Clemente. She, she's retired. And this is a beautiful retirement community. I bring it out in the book that there are, this town has grown by leaps and bounds and it has so much more than you can see from Freeway 99 flying by. You think of it as a truck stop and yet is a a county and town of about 500,000 people and it continues growing. People retire here because they can afford so much more land. So anyway, uh, Diane told me, wow, I, I couldn't put it down. I would take it to me with me to go out to lunch. I'd come back until I finished it. And she said, you know who you write like? And I said, well, I've been told several people. Who do you think? He, she said, James A. Michener. And I said, well, that's one of the people that I imbibed a lot as I was growing up because his stories were epic. Like my book is, you know, over 700 pages. So that's kind of like a James A. Michener book. You get, you get a real broad, um, detailed story. You can visualize the people, how they're built, you know, the, the, the color of their eyes and uh, everything about them and their characters. So anyway, that was a compliment. And like I say, she's not from Bakersfield. She's from San Clemente. So you don't have to be a Bakersfieldian to enjoy these stories. Um, now, let me uh, have you tell our listeners and viewers again the name of the book. The name of the book is Cooksville, USA. Now, the reason I called it Cooksville, USA rather than California is that this state was just becoming a state that very year that it was founded. So I wanted it to reflect what was happening with westward expansion after the Mexican War, the treaty, you know, 1848 Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo and more of the West is settled by that. So I wanted to bring the reader right into the process of this becoming part of the USA. And so my subtitle is the wildest, wickedest, wealthiest, big small town in the West. That's kind of a funky comical subtitle but that's exactly, I asked people, would you change this if you were me? So my test readers and my friends around here said, no, no. That's, now, that describes Bakersfield. <laughs> where can our uh, listeners and viewers get the book? Uh, you can get it at most big book sale sellers like Barnes & Noble, but the easiest, quickest way, of course, is Amazon. It's, out, it's published by Outskirts Press. You could go there, but uh, Amazon is the best way to get it. And do you have a website that they can uh, click on to get more information? Yes, absolutely. Um, 
pertaining to this book, I own cooksvilleusa.com and it's spelled C-O-O-K-E-S-V-I-L-L-E USA.com, Cooksville USA. All my work will be on that same website and it's also SC Burns work, uh, scburns.work. It's always hard to remember websites if you own the things. <laughs> uh, what would you like to add, Sarah, that we haven't had a chance to uh, talk about? Well, I, there, there are some beautiful love stories within this book. Uh, there's uh, Lenny himself, I like to say, is kind of like a Ray Donovan, but much more chic. Ray Donovan, if you watch the series, boy, he can he can get he can walk away from a takedown just a total mess. Whereas Lenny would never ever be a mess. He's he is ironed and starched, and he's dressed like Bo Brummel. He's just you know always at his memorial service, which is very was very much like the memorial service I take you through at the end of the book. The women would stand up there and say he had Hollywood good looks. <laughs> and uh, everything they said about him, I thought, boy, this is uh, this is like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. Um, the record shows I took the blows and did it my way. Well, that's that's Lenny. And so it really concludes with that. Uh, it kind of gives you chills to understand the life that he's lived and the loves that he's had. So I at that point, most people who read my book and I had an evening in Cooksville here. I invited, we put it in the Bakersfield, California, and people called me, showed up. I had the tastes of Cooksville. So I ordered foods that represented the restaurants in my book. And I did a reading. So I met people that I hadn't met, and I had neighbors over and longtime friends over. It was really fun. It was really a fun evening. But uh, it was it was just proof of the authentic uh, flavor of Bakersfield. One woman called me and talked to me a half an hour about her Italian parents that that uh, had migrated here with several other well-known Italian families, Lamucci's and the Banducci's and the Bertolucci's and all of them came at the same time, settled, opened businesses, owned farms and so forth. Um, I can just tell you, it it brings you the flavor of this town in a way that most people couldn't conceptualize. I think that's what I really wanted to unveil. Okay, I've been stuck here a long time. It wouldn't have been my choice, but let me tell you what you learn by living here and let me show it to you. And I don't, I don't think that anyone else had ever done anything like this. It reminds me of the help, you know, with people reading the book and saying, oh my gosh, could that possibly be? And then I'm getting the phone calls. <laughs> they wanted a recap of who it really was. Of course, a lot of it I have to keep on the QT. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching. <laughs>